0: Who's really to blame, the briber or the bribee? The college admission scandal explained. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Usually Saturdays from 3 to 6. Today I'm on Sunday, 12 to 2, so I am live in studio, and I am... Uh celebrating St. Patrick's Day today, despite my name and appearance, I am actually a dual citizen of the United States and Ireland as my two of my grandparents emigrated from Ireland long, long time ago, probably before there were uh, immigration laws, except for there was a law that you could not come in if you were sick. So my grandmother, who was one of 13, I believe she was the youngest of 13 because she used to call herself the shake of the bag. (laughs) I couldn't explain to her that that has numerous meanings. But anyway, her sister had saved and saved for passage. And when it was time to go on the ship, she had a ticket for. She was sick and she knew they wouldn't let her in. They would just turn her back. So she asked if anybody wanted her ticket, and my grandmother took the ticket. And she came to New York, and she never left. I believe she never stepped foot off uh, the island of kind of Brooklyn and Long Island. So uh, happy St. Patrick's Day for the people who celebrate it. And I was actually thinking that St. Patrick's Day, the thought occurred to me yesterday. I thought, you know, the way things are going in ireland that they've really embraced the new social uh zeitgeist i guess i think the prime minister's um gay and the they just imported a lot of expats to vote for uh to change the constitutional amendment that forbids abortion and i thought you know how many Irish people, new Irish, you know, younger generation are celebrating St. Patrick who converted the Irish to Catholicism. I think St. Patrick was Italian and he came and converted the Irish, which was a cause for celebration. But now they they uh, really emphasize scandals coming out of the church. And I don't I mean, I was raised Catholic and I was never taught to worship the church. And I was actually taught since I was born that the church was infiltrated by a lot of corrupt influences. So in my mind, what's happening in the church is a validation of my parents' criticisms of the church as I was growing up, although they were considered too conservative. But I had wondered if St. Patrick's Day would go the way of Columbus Day, become demonized. And funny enough, when I woke up this morning, I saw two, the first... Two headlines I saw. One was from the AJC saying uh, Savannans outraged at the mess that St. Patrick's revelers left in their square. And I was wondering, I've never seen that headline before, and I've been to Savannah. I think they, they get their fair share of revelers. I'd be surprised if... People are usually neater, and St. Patrick's Day is a big holiday, so maybe this is, like, unprecedented, you know, big kind of reveler's holiday. Perhaps it's unprecedented, but it seemed weird to me. And then uh, the Wall Street Journal, their their headline that I got, first Wall Street Journal headline I got today, was more Catholics considering abandoning the church. (laughs) It says... 37% said they were questioning this year whether to remain part of the church, up from 22% in 2002. I find that actually kind of hard to believe, that a third of all Catholics are questioning this year whether to remain part of the church. Uh, That's a lot. One in three. Anyway, um, then I got—so I tweeted about it, and I got an interesting tweet uh, from Mr. Eric saying, uh, St. Patrick's Day equals Ireland and Irish— equals nation-state. The concept is incompatible with globalism, one government, one monoculture. All these holidays based on one specific culture or country will slowly be extinguished and replaced with global celebrations, i.e. Earth Day, Women's Day. I think that's a very interesting point. And when you hear stuff like that, it's That itself, like when you talk about the nation state, that gets demonized as well as being nationalism, which then calls to mind these ideas of ethnic cleansing and genocide, which have definitely happened in many places and many times over history. But the upside of national affinity or ethnic affinity or religious communities or even just your local community, regardless of how you define it, your Little League community, if you get to know each other and you you know that you have shared values and you know you can trust each other, then you can support each other in the down times without thinking that you're being scammed. And that is a powerful antidote to the fear That the welfare state uh, lives on is this idea that there's an alternative, a close-to-home alternative of people you can trust. And that is, I believe, why they – that those who want that central power, who want to be above – who want, you know, maybe world government or even just power at the top, they need to break those bonds at the bottom – so uh, just be aware of that. It's a what to watch out for, a hashtag WTWOF, which I thought would catch on by now. I'm the only one who uses it, but that's okay. What to watch out for. And uh, so that actually reminded me of something I found uh, interesting that made me dig into the college admission scandal. Binkley had pointed out to me, my producer and sidekick, um, who was stuck in uh, marathon traffic. So maybe he'll be here. I'm you. here. Oh.
1: <laughs> I didn't wear green, so they wouldn't let me back on the highway.
0: Oh, funny. Um, so, the, uh, so what I have is, what I was thinking about, what you were saying to me, was that uh, the Lori Lachlan story, see, I'm thrown off because you're in the screener area. You have to come into the main studio so I can see your face. But uh, listen, so so what you were saying about the Lori Loughlin thing was that she was you, – you thought it was interesting that she's an, a kind of outspoken Christian conservative, I guess, and I found out that she's a Catholic from Queens and that maybe that's why she was targeted here. And I thought in any case that maybe uh, it – she was emphasized because of that, that they don't like having people who are successful. She was actually pretty successful in the Hallmark channel and her other career. And I, I do think that this is making me think that they are really, really trying to purge anybody who has any kind of political, ideological diversity from those positions. And so so here's the background of the college scandal. If you haven't heard it, it was around-the-clock news earlier this week. And then it got pushed out by the story of the shooting in New Zealand, which we covered thoroughly yesterday. And and what ha- And what you can listen to that podcast on Tuesday or Wednesday. I think we'll have it up on the prop report on Wednesday.
1: On Wednesday, if, yeah.
0: Yeah. So what happened with the college admission scandal was – And 50 people were arrested, some rich and whatever, powerful, I guess not not that powerful, rich rich and famous people were caught up doing things to get their kids into college that uh, they were supposedly paying people off, lying about whether the kids were involved in athletics, were paying people to take their entrance exams, all this stuff that Uh, I have an article that – the first article that came up kind of sets the tone for the story and how it's been covered. Uh, College admission scandal's likely tip of the iceberg, the daily signal. This was the first thing that came up, even though I don't know this website. The recently disclosed college admission scandal has angered everyone because it involves the classic vices of greed, lying, subterfuge, dirty money, snitches, and cheating. It also underscores the notion that the rich play by a different set of rules. And that the college admissions process is not based on merit. By unsealing the indictment and criminal complaint against 50 people, the Department of Justice pulled back the curtain on the whole sordid underworld of side door, backroom, dirty deals reached by select parents, coaches, college board, administrators, and others who allegedly put status and greed over fairness and merit. Each defendant, who is presumed innocent, faces serious criminal consequences given the information contained in the indictment and criminal complaint. All right, so that's the story you're hearing. That's the feeling you're getting. And I, because of what Binkley said, I dug in a little bit to this and, and found that Lori Loughlin, who is the actress who's getting the most bad press on this, she was let out on a million dollar bond. First of all, like I question what, what is the federal crime here? Like bribery of, of whom? of college coaches for a private college is that, can you get jail time for that? Could the coach get jail time for that? He would get fired, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a betrayal of his trust at the university. So I was already a little bit skeptical of how much publicity this was getting and what was behind the story. And then when I dug into Lori Lachlan's case in particular, I don't find that, uh, I I wonder if she was extorted. I wonder if she really knew what she was doing, because the guy who arranged it has turned state's witness, I guess, or whatever they call it, cooperating witness, and he was quite a smooth talker. So I, from what I can tell, I'm going to read you what's in the affidavit by the FBI, and so you can see how I think this is really being twisted, that it's propaganda for political purposes. I wonder, they, they can't afford a few agents to investigate Pizzagate? Pizzagate sounds like a psychological operation to me. I don't know what's behind it or whatever, but it seems like a story that's meant to create division. Whether it's preposterous or not, I mean, anyone who's dealt with child services knows the slightest allegation can get your children taken away from you until it is resolved. So it's not like you have to be tried and convicted to have a, a child abuse investigated with full force. Why they couldn't afford a few agents to really... Uh, do a thorough investigation and and put out an 80-page affidavit, pro or con, on the allegations around Pizzagate, but they can spend all that time doing this, is curious in itself. But how it's being spun and how these people are being targeted, I think, is interesting. Because what you're hearing in the media, I'm sure this is the first time anyone's heard this, because I'm the first person, uh, and prompted by Binkley, to question What's going on here? So, yeah, they are presumed innocent, and let's dig in a little bit on that. But really, I want to talk about, on on a bigger level, why it's so important to have a credential, and does it have real value? What is the value there? And is it even a bit of a moral hazard to twist your kid's arm to really make sure that they get into school? Because these people are paying. they're, They're overpaying. But a lot of kids are taking out debt and then living with that. So how does that, does that make sense? Do we need to just take a step back and wake up? 404 800-WSB-TALK, uh, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show.
2: Monica Perez. Everything you do is being watched by some all-seeing eye. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB.
0: Nice thanks for the music i uh i love st patrick's day i'm sorry i know it's gonna get it's gonna get uh pushed out no fun uh but anyway it's not okay but i will always celebrate it how about that everybody loves corned beef and cabbage so binkley now that you're in your in the big chair with me what uh how is your what what's going on out there
1: There is a 18-hour marathon still ongoing, it feels like. The (laughs) Leprechaun Marathon, I guess.
0: Stragglers?
1: Yeah, Guys who stayed
0: out too late last night?
1: The people who didn't train as well as those who finished earlier. (laughs) What? The people who finished two hours ago really trained for this marathon, not the ones (laughs) that are still out.
0: Those are the guys just trying to find their way home from the party.
1: (laughs) And they grabbed a number.
0: (laughs) So, uh, okay, so this, this college thing, you... As I'm telling you the details of this, I think this guy, William Singer, who's cooperating with the FBI, who ran this thing, what he did was he had a charitable organization, 401c, and people like Lori Loughlin, for example, contributed to that $400,000. And I'm going to read you their exchange about that, their interaction about that. There is no smoking gun. And then the other money they gave was two $50,000 checks to somebody in the athletics department at USA, which they could easily have thought was actually in support of the athletics department. What It seems like what they did, they didn't – I can't see anywhere where they're accused of having somebody take their kid's college exam or anything like that. They uh, What it does seem they did that was dishonest was that they applied the girls as coxswains for – a crewing a crew club and that you know why why is that
1: a a crew usc is a film school her daughter is a successful youtuber that's perfect for a scholarship and they're they're doing
0: such a good point i didn't think about that she was so that's the other thing and i mean we have to get into this after the break but the father writes to the guy who i think is that well who is a scammer but i think he's scamming them he says oh i'm acquainted with the usc athletic director i'm going to augusta georgia with him should i tell him that my daughter is applying and the guy says no he wow says, don't tell him and uh, i'm gonna tell you a little more about that wrinkle and uh, but i do want to i want to take some calls about the bigger question too 404 8720750 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show.
2: Monica Perez. And now for something completely different. On News 95.5 at AM 750. WSB.
0: I am your Libertarian voice on WSB. Saturdays from 3 to 6. Right now I'm on from 12 to 2. It is St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. And uh, I'm open to calls. We're talking about the college admission scam, But I'm giving you an insight that I haven't heard anyplace else. And I think I'm onto something here. So it's a what I would call a what to watch out for if it turns out this way. I'll tell you what to watch out for. Lori Lachlan will cut a deal. I think... I actually think she was more of a victim she did something wrong I believe that she did uh, falsify her daughter's athletic engagement that she said she was a coxswain at a a crew club and she wasn't from what I can tell uh, it's not actually it's not unequivocal that she wasn't but if, from what I'm reading but Let's just say that's what she did wrong. But I believe that she was probably extorted a lot of money because $400,000 of the five hundred she allegedly paid went to a charitable organization to help kids get into school. And because there's no IRS charge against Lori Loughlin and her husband, I have to believe they, I mean, I'm sure they took it off their, ta- I, I assume they took it off their taxes. Maybe not. Maybe they didn't. But if they took it off their taxes, because the guy who ran the, the Charitable Foundation is – it does seem like that the fraud of the foundation is a big part of what he's in trouble for. But they gave that money. I think they might have actually thought they were giving charity. And the other two checks they wrote for 50000 each went to a, a faculty member at the uh, USC Athletics Department. Again, they might have thought they were just supporting the athletics program or that's the way it worked because that was this guy's scam. This guy, William Singer, I, one of the excerpts I read, he says, I, there's three ways to get in through the front door, just submit your application. And boy, is that a crapshoot? The back door where you give a ton of money publicly or the side door where you give less money to the athletics department or whatever, and you get in that way and let's do it that way. And this is why I think that. I mean, the these people, the Lachlan and uh, Januli—that's her husband's name and the names of her daughters—they Januli was so well acquainted with the athletic director at USC. That he was going on a trip with him, and he asked the college admissions advocate, the scammer, if he should talk to him about his daughter's application. And the scammer says no, which is, of course, like a scammy thing to do. And he goes on to say, don't tell him, because he said he thought – I talked to him just the other day, which I don't believe. And he said he thought you were good for a million, but – so don't do that. And the guy's like, oh, okay, I won't. So I believe these people were being, they went to this college consultant and were probably scared by the college consultant that they'd never get in. But as Binkley pointed out, the daughter is, the first daughter, the first one that did this, is a YouTube star. I mean, and that is not easy to you can't buy your way into that. She was generating real money,
1: easily over a hundred thousand a year.
0: I think she was making two fifty.
1: Uh, that would be my speculation.
0: Oh, okay. I don't know, but I—that was a number I heard. Maybe it was your speculation. I, I looked at
1: all of her statistics and her advertising. Right, right, right. The right. low end is a hundred. She's probably making close, to, in my opinion, to half a million a year.
0: But in any case, I mean, that's exactly what USC Film or Media Communications or whatever they do in Southern California would want somebody who masters that perfect I mean,
1: candidate for trust a scholarship me,
0: it's not easy
1: <laughs> so, No, it's not
0: so she obviously has a key to uh that medium that takes some understanding she has a knack for it and and these so these people were super rich and i think they might have literally thought they were contributing to a charity and supporting the athletic program so i want to so let me read to you what did I, did I read this? I, I'm not going to read it again. It's this guy, this article, College Admission Scandals Likely Tip of the Iceberg. The guy just lays out the conspiracy between the scammer and the parents and taking fake tests and all this kind of stuff or faking test scores. Uh, but what actually is in the Lori Loughlin section of the affidavit of the FBI which is over 200 pages, and I would like to see the over 200 page Pizzagate investigation. <laughs> on the FBI. I don't. I actually, in my heart of hearts, people get annoyed with me for saying this. That I that I don't think Pizzagate is is anything. I don't know. I mean, this stuff is weird, but I don't buy into coded language stuff. I can't. If I can't verify it, I mean, that's really, in my opinion. I, you know, one step away from the emperor has no clothes. Like you just, it, it's that's suspicious. So, but I can't prove or disprove Pizzagate, and neither can anybody else. But that's the job of the FBI. That is a serious thing with serious victims, and I, I question even what the charges are here with the college admissions. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've got a couple of calls I want to I want to take. Bill and Mike, I want – I'm going to take you both. Let me just go to Mike first because he's about to touch on something that I thought from the beginning. I'm, like, scratching my head. So hold on a second. Mike, you hey, are on Monica. with Monica. Hi, Mike.
3: From the very beginning, it seems strange to me, particularly because most of these are private institutions, unless they've generated some type of complaint. But um, maybe USC is a public facility no. and so forth, but – Um, The thing that uh, concerns me is uh, knowing being familiar with uh, the southeast, some of the southeastern schools, most of these large universities have someone in their organization who's well-staffed, well-paid to solicit contributions and keep the uh, beast fed. And uh, so uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they do investigate this, if some of those people are brought into it. So they probably come up with whatever, whatever means they can to solicit those funds by helping people get in and so forth. But at private institutions, unless they've raised a complaint, I mean, they've been complicit. But I, the, uh, I agree. Keep going. Uh, the, uh, but the, the overall thing is this. When we have national politicians, the President Obama, the Clintons, uh, on television misleading the entire paying public who's paying their salaries This uh, supposed brazen publicized move by the FBI is really kind of a weak uh, distraction from what they really ought to be doing to protect the public. And that's uh, called a task. uh, The politicians who are intentionally misleading us, we have truth in advertising laws that private companies have to adhere to, but we can't somehow – Enforce some type of honesty requirement on behalf of the politicians and the news media via some type of FCC guideline regarding honesty. So this okay. is a you're small going
0: you're hitting a lot of points, Mike, and I want to hit I want to hit them right back. So I'm going to let you go, and I'm going to hit hit what you're talking about. First of all, I'm going to take the last thing first. Actually, when you have truth in advertising laws and other kind of regulatory imprimaturs that say this is good to me, that protects the industry from consumer scrutiny. And this might do the same thing. The FBI is saying, oh, we are going to maybe people are starting to get suspicious about the value of college. And they are going to say and and they notice this, that Jared Kushner's father gave two or three million dollars before he got into Harvard. And that's weird. You know that doesn't seem right, does it? Because now Kushner's in the White House all the time, so so this might be a way to reinforce, reinstitute faith in those institutions that it's a favor to them. Uh, I would, and I so I think the free market without the fake assurance, the full security of regulatory uh, rubber stamps is a better way to go. And it would be better for these institutions to kind of have to prove themselves and not have to have outside OKs. But the but what you were saying, the private institution thing, I totally agree. The the law that these people are being charged with, the two things Lori Lachlan is being charged with conspiracy to commit mail fraud. That's just conspiracy. First of all, is the FBI full of tinfoil hat and nut jobs? They think there are conspiracies There are conspiracies. Or are conspiracies only done by private individuals for small potato stuff and not by big people for big potato stuff? Hmm. <laughs> uh, the only people who are immune from conspiracy are people who are inside government or the halls of power where they literally have closed-door meetings. What yep. are those? Those are all conspiracies.
1: They anyway. have the medicine that prevents them from falling for it. The what? They have the, the medicine that prevents them from being deceived.
0: Oh, yes, because they're only the most moral and upstanding people get to those positions. But the other thing they were – so I looked into what even was mail fraud, which is the underlying of the conspiracy, which they are not being charged with. They are being charged – so mail fraud talks only about money or property. It's uh, money or property – being obtained by means of false or fraudulent pretenses, but they didn't obtain money or property. So there was, so I had to investigate further and there was an amendment to that law later that added honest services. So it's not just money or property, but honest services. And that's been very narrowly uh, addressed, narrowly read by the Supreme court who doesn't really like it from what I could tell. I mean, I'm not writing a brief on it. I'm just trying to read it as a concerned citizen. So, they so so then I would take it one step further. Honest services is already a stretch, but are they providing a service? Is a student providing a service to the school? I don't think so.
1: So it can be argued in this case that this girl would have because she would have been yes. an, a great student for that school.
0: Yes, but she's paying. Yeah, for exactly. The privilege
1: that's why I, of, I totally agree with you that, that of, they yeah, were extorted. Yeah, of
0: providing. A service. And and in my mind, these people were, all they were trying to do was pay ten times as much as that service is normally charged. Yeah. They were trying to pay too much for service. So what Mike said makes me think of this other thing. This, he said, you know, that's what they do. They give money, 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 money to the school. And the Janoulis would have, could have given that money and knew the head of the athletic department. And it does work that way. So what I think is really going on is this guy, Singer. Now, I am speculating. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out. But I speculate there's a possibility that this guy, Singer, saw all that money. He was an advisor for people to get into school. So if he could get those kids into school for the 50 grand check he contributed on their, on their behalf to the athletics department, perhaps on the up and up, it could easily have been on the up and up, because he could evaluate their applications and know whether they were getting in or not, or at least ask the admissions department, are they getting in? So he knew whether he had to go the extra mile, but 400000 of the five hundred they put in his tax-exempt foundation, and there's no evidence that he ever gave that to anybody else. So I think that he saw that money and said, I want a piece of that. You can get in for cheaper than that, and I will get their money, and I will keep it.
1: He's running a big con, is what he's doing.
0: So let's talk about that after the break. i got to take a break. Oh, and hang on. Uh, Bill and Will, I'll get you ASAP, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show.
2: Monica Perez.
0: It's like everything I've been brought to believe was all made of bull- On News 95.5
2: at AM 750, WSB.
0: 404-872-0750, WSB Talk. We're going to talk about more of this college admissions scam. And I think that I've got I, I've uncovered a few more scams than what you're being told. I believe that we're being led to certain ideas about this that are not really what happened, not really the problem. But I'm open to talking about that aspect of college or even the broader picture, is it worth it? Are school loans worth it? Is it okay that they are people pay to play? I mean, I, and are you, do you think your kids come out more of what you want them to be or less after your average college education? I'm going to go to the phones. Will, you are on with Monica. Hi, Will.
4: Hey, listen, Monica, you're awesome. And I was just going to say, I think that the attention and the focus and the conversation Needs to be turned away from Hollywood and it has to be focused on Washington and the political elite on the right and the left instead of this being talked about, you know, this happening and going on in Hollywood. This is most likely happening with the politicians, children. I imagine it's just an endless cycle. And until, you know, it gets uh, the light gets shown on that it's not really going to go anywhere and this will just be in the news cycle just to entertain us this is just bread and circus and uh, i'm my fear is that it's not going to stay it's not going to stay where it needs to be because this really is a, a new type of pay for play that and it happens is... and it's been happening yeah. for years I... and unless God. go God. ahead
0: <laughs> i got to stop you because i'm going into a break so let me just respond And tell you this, that you made me think of something that I had not connected in this case, but I have absolutely, literally changed my life and my idea of education and how to educate my children, was when I started reading John Taylor Gatto, who pointed out John Taylor Gatto was a famous educator. And boy, if you don't know who John Taylor Gatto is, just find anything that he's written and read it. He or his video, people have made videos of him. He died recently, very sad. But I, so with him, he pointed out that the colleges aren't where the power is anymore anyway. It's at the high school level. That's when I realized that Obama was one of the elite. Because if you look at the people who graduated from his high school, you have a long list of prominent people. Or if you look at the people who graduated from my high school, not so much. And Gatto points out that there's this handful of high schools, a handful, where 80 percent of the senators came from, something like that. Like, I, I, well, that's what I remember. I don't know what the stats are now, but it made me realize that those high schools are the ones who are generating our leadership and they're being taught something different. They're being taught how to influence people. And that critical thinking that we, that the masses are not getting. But we've got more on this big scam, the big con after the break. This is Monica Perez.
2: This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.
0: This is Monica Perez with your red pill. I haven't thought about that intro in a long time, but it's so true. I mean, you have to have to just make a decision to open your eyes to take that red pill. Or, you know, maybe the blue pill is the better choice. Like, I'm not saying it's not the better choice. i like steak, <laughs> whether it's real or not. <laughs> So, anyway, I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB, Saturdays from 3 to 6, but I have an extra show today, 12 to 2, on live, St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, my number, if you want to call, we're talking about this college admission scam, but we're peeling the onion. So, it's not what you've heard before, and I am very interested in what people have to say about it. 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK, you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. My this is right up the alley of my trusty sidekick Binkley, who doesn't believe in institutional learning credentials as the end all and be all of success. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the first word, even though I have a lot of things to take off. But you you've always had this attitude, and uh, give us you know give us it in a in a mind vitamin.
1: An SAT score or an application is one method of getting into college. It's uh, a degree is one method of, of, of getting a job. You just have to show what your value is. But the real crime is they, they have conditioned kids to believe that the only path to success is by getting a certificate. And you can get a certificate without learning anything. What you need to be is learning skills and knowledge that you're going to use to pursue what you want.
0: Well, this Lori Lachlan case is – if people haven't heard the first hour of this show today that we just did, please, we're going to post it. Wednesday on the prop report, commercial free, you should listen to it, but what we 've been talking about specifically is the case of Lori Lachlan, who seems to be getting the most publicity, even though i in reading the affidavit of the FBI, it looks to me like she's could argue to be more of a victim of a con artist i mean i 'm not really seeing the smoking gun here, but bigley, you pointed out one of many logical inconsistencies in that particular case, which is her daughter, the first one that um she used connections to get in with has a successful youtube channel and usc has a big film school
1: perfect match
0: perfect match and we, you were saying it's like sat scores is one way to get in
1: yeah, but uh, this is the th- this dream is exactly what they them.
0: yeah this is exactly what they want exactly
1: and this guy is a, a consultant on how to get into college and he's saying okay this she's making six figures a year at 15 16 years old film school let's steer her away to that over to rowing that makes a whole lot of sense
0: he might have behind the scenes gone to the film school they gave him 500 grand the only evidence i saw was that 100 of it they instead of they gave 400 to his charity and 100 they gave directly to somebody in the athletics department my guess is he never put any of that he just pocketed that 400 that's my guess
1: I, I think you're onto something.
0: I and and you called that the big con, right?
1: The big con. Yeah, there's a book called The Big Con. It was a study. Some uh, guy, the writer uh, David Moore, he followed around con artists for years, and he documented their tactics. And they would target very wealthy, out of touch, naive, rich people. And the con artists who were who put on a performance to the very extent they would set up massive, elaborate performances, strictly to con. The one wealthy person that they would all con over and over and over again.
0: Wow. Well, I'll tell you, he, my guess is he was acting not as a facilitator, but really as a gatekeeper. He actually told uh, Lachlan's husband not to speak to his acquaintance, someone who was going on a trip with the athletic department the director. I'll let you talk and then I've got to say, <laughs> you're triggered, Binkley. Go.
1: No, I'm saying exactly. That, that right there, he, he's separating the people that would uh, blow up the con
4: from so each other.
0: this happened to me once. A headhunter, I was looking for a job, and I said, I want to work at this specific place. And the guy said, oh, they're not looking for anybody. So he did not submit my resume. Someone I knew who worked in the place said to me, oh, my gosh, we need somebody. Submit your application. So the headhunter calls me and says, <clears throat> I heard your application wound up on the desk of the guy who ran that firm. And I said, yeah because uh they're looking for somebody and he said well look do me a favor if you get that job tell them that i get the fee because <clears throat> i'm your headhunter and i said <clears throat> excuse me i said no way i was like you you kept me you cost me six months trying to get that job i'm not gonna give you the credit and then he was all po and i'm thinking what's wrong with you and then i realized that he was a gatekeeper he kept me from it, and I feel like this guy – so we had a call earlier. They said there's just t- so, so much money, and this guy just smelled all that college donation money. And USC – one of the one of the main – the first story that came up when I was reading about this says about how this guy says to you, you pick your college, I'll get your kid in. First of all, that absolutely cannot be how it works because he would have to start from scratch at every single college to find somebody who is both – uh, corrupt enough and influential enough to open the door. So it looks to me he suggested USC to these people. You pointed out it doesn't even look like Lori Loughlin ever even went to college, so she might not even know. Did you see if she went? To, it looked to me like she just went to Hapog. Uh,
1: I don't think that she went to college. Well, I have at not... uh, so I'm no, a, I,
0: I really want to read some excerpts from the affidavit from the FBI that make me think there's no smoking gun. Are you answering my question about her college? Yeah,
1: she has, she did not go to college, as far as I can see, which would make sense that they would know nothing about the process,
0: right? And the and the husband's Italian, I think so. He even if he went to college in Italy, he might think it's different. And and a lot of rich and fa- famous people went through this consultant. So if he had a good reputation of success, they would trust him completely. And like you pointed out, they have intermediaries who right. who will foster. This reputational factor. That's what the con is. It's confidence. Yeah. They,
1: and they all tell each other about the easy marks, and they, they drain them dry over and over and over again.
0: So if that's really what's going on, shame on the FBI Yeah, for how they're presenting this. And a million-dollar bond on Lori Logan. can she go to jail for this? Could the coach go? Like, so let's just think about it, even with taking that out. A coach takes a bribe to let somebody on the team at a private school. He gets fired. Could the private school call the cops and get him thrown in jail for that?
1: Perhaps.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's just – it's fraud. I don't know. Uh, Employee fraud? Is that
1: – I don't point? know. It's all baffling, the story. What what I want to know is if, if they f- will fall for this, Laughlin – then these con artists are, are saying if they will fall for this, they will fall for anything. I want to know in what other areas of her life that they're getting conned by these, these bloodsuckers that are probably surrounded by them.
0: Oh, well, speaking, first of all, there, there's some guy, some person who's repeatedly mentioned Moss, who seems to be working for Lachlan, who I'm sure they have people, you know, have your people call my people. A but roper what- is
1: what they're called. What? A roper is someone who ropes No, them no. In.
0: Moss, or maybe Moss betrays Lachlan. I don't know, but there's another person involved here. Let me read this weird passage. Uh, this is a weird passage that doesn't really make a ton of sense, but I want to read it. It says On or about February 6th, Genuile wired 200 grants to one of the uh, charitable accounts. Uh, on or about February 2018, an employee of Cooperating Witness One, who is Singer, sent the Janulis a receipt falsely indicating that no goods or services were exchanged for the purported donation. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So they might have thought they were making a charitable donation. But and let me just finish it uh, in March. USC mailed the Janouli's younger daughter her formal acceptance letter. Shortly thereafter, the high school counselor emailed Janouli memorializing an encounter between the two men, between the counselor and genuli earlier that day. So the counselor says, I wanted to provide you with an update on the status of your younger daughter's admission offer to USC. First and foremost, they have no intention of rescinding her admission and were surprised to hear that was even a concern for you and your family. You understand? Yeah. So the counselor at the high school said, Mr. Giannulli, why are you worried? Why, USC is baffled that you would think that your admission could be rescinded. You know what I think probably happened? What? What do you think?
1: That guy probably warned them over and over again. If you, if you if listen you don't to me, put that money in my you're going to get rescinded. Okay, I'll make right. sure it doesn't.
0: Right. And he
1: was compromising them all along the way in this book, The Big guy. Not kind. just
0: compromising them, but he was, yeah, maybe. They but, had no but idea. he was blackmailing them at that point. Right. I'm guessing. I don't know. I'm not saying blah, blah, blah. I'm just speculating based on information the FBI has This is a more
1: logical story than the one they're telling.
0: Uh, You can verify with senior uh, uh, USC assistant director of admissions if you want. I also shared with that person, uh, the admissions director, that you had visited this morning and affirmed for me that your daughter is truly a coxswain. That's the crew thing. Okay. The same day, Heinel, that's the, the admissions director, that's the athletic person who received the $50,000 check at USC, Heinel, left Singer the following voicemail message. I just want to make sure that, you know, I don't want the parents getting angry and creating any type of disturbance at the school. So why would the parents get angry and create a disturbance at the school?
1: Because they got conned and swindled, they just realized it?
0: I don't know. I just want to make sure those students, if questioned at the school, that they respond in an appropriate way, that they are walking candidates for their respective sports. They're looking forward to trying out for the team and making the team when they get here, okay? That's what I just wanted to make sure of. So I just don't want anybody going into the genouli's high school and yelling at the counselors that'll shut everything down
1: that's what the email says
0: yeah that's what the voicemail from the wow
1: that'll shut down the con
0: right they're worried that lachlan is going to figure it out (laughs) that's That's exactly what that i mean this sounds like it came
1: straight from this book the big con
0: so then so then uh Law enforcement agents, after Singer started cooperating, law enforcement agents had Singer call Giannulli. And and this is what he said. Singer says, well, it says CW1, Cooperating Witness 1, which I'm pretty positive is Singer. I'm calling because I just want to make sure you're, give you the heads up that my foundation is being audited. Giannulli says, okay. CW says, which, as you know, is normal. Giannulli says, yeah. CW says, and so they're looking at all the payments. So they asked me about your two payments of 200 grand. Januli said, uh, CW said, and of course, I'm not going to say anything about your payments going to Donna Heinel at USC. That was the 50 grand to get the girls into USC through Crew. So Januli says, sure. Uh, Singer says, that's for sure. Januli says, right. And CW won i'm thinking a singer but what's funny it's funny because donna heinel called me a couple weeks ago and says hey uh going forward you can do what you did for the Janulis to uh to anybody else so it's funny how you know i thought i was just making stuff up janoolie says uh right uh and cw says but they loved it janoolie says uh right perfect CW one says, "So I just want to make sure our stories are the same because." Oh my G- gosh! Generally G- G- says, "Yeah," and uh, CW says, "And that that your 400K was paid to our foundation to help underserved kids." Generally G- says, uh, perfect." CW G- says, "Okay, <laughs> so I just want to make sure that we're on the same page." Generally G- says, "Perfect, got it."
1: <laughs> All right, meet me out back in the dark alley after sundown.
0: He says absolutely nothing but that your. Donation was to help underserved kids, and Janelle like, "Yeah,
1: we are on the same page, right?" I mean, this is this is a swindle. <laughs> but the page
0: they're on is that the foundation is to help underserved kids. the The fifty grand they gave to the athletic department, if their childrens truly did not row crew, that is seems to be in furtherance of uh, of a fraud against the school which is a private institution and I would further say that the oh I got to take a break that the director uh, the athletic director is the one who is the is the culpable one I'll be right back this is Monica Perez
2: Monica Perez maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about you know on news 955 and am 750 WSB.
0: I'm totally cracking up about this college admissions scandal because I've clearly yeah. triggered Binkley. I don't know why. I rarely get this much I'm rise triggered. up. You're triggered because you just read the book. What's the name of the book? It's
1: called The Big Con. Uh, the author is David Amur, or Marr, and it was written in, like, 1940. And oh, it was fantastic. written in 1940? Yes, fantastic book. It will change the way that you think about politics if you if you're related to politics
0: wow and what i found interesting i i put on my old website coming soon in new form at the proper port but i have a, a glossary and i the reason i spent my time and effort with the glossary is that terms illuminate yeah what's really going on so if there's a word for it mm-hmm. you know if there's a word for black propaganda there's a word. You know why? There wouldn't be a word for it if it wasn't real. I mean, there might be, but like it's it, there, there's parlance. There's a lexicon, as you called it. And this has a lexicon.
1: Yes, it does. It's so a very I, unique lexicon that the con artists use. Like the roper is someone who goes around looking for a wealthy, naive target that they can uh, bring in to meet the guy called the insider man, who is a person who kind of he's like the quarterback of the con. I don't get. Speech. He 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 directs he directs where everybody goes and what he's the strongest con artist since he's the main actor in the theatrical staged okay. play.
0: So, uh, that's I think that that what I'm reading in this makes me think more that these people were con than that they were conspiring. But I got to take a break. I got to take a hard break because I went too long last time. But after we can keep talking about this, but I also want to talk about the difference between an education and a credential. And uh, it's more, maybe it's more interesting than it sounds, but it's a a very important distinction. I think it's fascinating.
2: Monica Perez. Perez. This will not
3: stand, you know? This aggression will not
2: stand, man. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
0: I am your libertarian voice on News 95, 5 a.m., 7.50 WSB. Saturdays from 3 to 6, normally. I have a bonus show today. It is St. Patrick's Day. I'm on till 2. And we will post the podcast, commercial-free podcast, of this weekend's shows on The Prop Report, short for The Propaganda Report, thepropreport.com, on Wednesdays. So you can always tune in to it that way. So I haven't actually... Uh, Giving people time to chime in on this college admission scam. Mostly, I think, because what I've discovered about this story is so completely different from what everybody's been hearing all week. It's hard to digest, but I will, uh, I'll open it up for people to call if they want. I've got lots more to tick off, though. So 404 wsb talk You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Actually, there was a good tweet, Binkley. Give me that tweet if you've got it handy
1: tweet from Seattle Skeptic. This just shows that there's an un- underserved market for a number of college, uh, elite college spots. I wonder what institution distorts that market.
0: I hadn't actually thought of it that way. But yes, there are reasons that a, that a quality education should be Scarce. So I have several answers to this tweet because it's kind of complicated. But is there a reason – let's just go through this real quick. I'm asking you, Binkley. Can you think of a reason why a quality education should be scarce?
1: Not unless you're trying to maintain your power over your subjects.
0: Right. So that's where you get the power of a credential, which scarcity may be the only value yes. in it. Okay, so I I could we can dig into that topic if we have time, but that that's just a high. God, you can
1: access. That's a word that they use a lot. Access is okay. Is, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. So, John Taylor Gatto, who I mentioned earlier, talked about a study where, you know, how you see like Harvard graduates make much more than other people. There was another study done. I, I I'm not saying that's for sure. Whatever. Uh, The more elite schools, I believe it was Harvard, has a higher average lifetime pay than people who go to other schools. But when they did another study Gatto was talking about, it was people who get into Harvard have that same level of pay as people who went to Harvard. Yeah. So it's really an admissions skill they have. Mm And... I dug into that a little bit. I said, why don't people just give IQ tests? Why people? I I always felt that like I had I took an SAT, got into school, and all I wanted was the diploma. Why did I have to wait four years before they would give it to me? And now I personally think that most of that is they want the opportunity to indoctrinate you. And then I just tried to figure out why doesn't GM and GE and these big companies just bypass that altogether. I mean, they're so big and powerful. They can give you six months of training. They could hire Mm -hmm. you for a fraction of the cost. They could hire 18-year-olds who have more energy. And then I found a case called Griggs v. Duke. I think it was Duke Power, not Duke University, where they were doing that. And it was having a disparate impact On diversity. So disparate impact doesn't means you don't have to be discriminating against people. The purpose of having an IQ test could be we only want white people and we're going to make the test so that only white people can pass it. It was not found that they had a discriminatory intent. Nonetheless, it had a disparate impact in that it favored some ethnicities over other ethnicities. Okay, I'm just saying – I'm not opining on it. I'm just saying that – Unintended or intended consequence was they said you can't do that anymore. Now schools still can do it. SATs can do it. Yes, they have diversity initiatives, and they only they don't only take the IQ test, but that's a very the SAT thing is very heavily weighted, and it too, as far as I know, has a disparate impact. I believe it's not that uh, whites get the highest scores. It's it's kind of like a you know, if you look at the globe, there's a, basically a continuum of of you, if you wanted to break it down by ethnicity, if that's important to you, you could find patterns. Yeah, so that in itself makes it impossible to prove your worth without to offer evidence of your aptitude without the imprimatur of a college whose very name implies what that aptitude is. Yeah. Right. So if you're going to the local community college, which I went to, it implies one aptitude. If you're going to Harvard, which I also went to and I keep getting this tweet, like, stop bragging about your schools. I want you to know I didn't just fall off the turnip truck. And I do believe that there's funny business at the top, you know, like it's not just some uh, it's not just the uh, people who are portrayed as basement dwelling Gamers who think there's something going on, but that implies a totally different aptitude, Mm -hmm. and they're allowed to infer your aptitude by that credential but not by an outright IQ test. So that's one thing that I think if that were overturned, it would absolutely decimate college admissions. And it's
1: crazy that that is not – you're not allowed to test and evaluate someone – To see if they can do what you're going to pay them to do. It's
0: so weird because I believe that public servants can. So, uh, you know what I mean? They give tests in the city of New York. I remember you had to take the fireman's test or the policeman's test. And then in Connecticut, there was a case where they used the test as a cap, not a floor. So you did too well on the test. Some guy got discriminated against because he did too well on the test. Weed
1: out the people that will ask questions.
0: Yes, I think so too. And the guy – and they said, well, we do that, their argument, and it was upheld. They were allowed to do it. We do it because smart people get too bored in this job. And that – I find that very hard to believe because there are plenty of smart and lazy people who are happy to work for 20 years. I mean anybody – smart people can do math. And then they get a pension for however long and they can take up their career as musicians, you know, or whatever their intellect drives them to. There was one other thing I wanted to uh, identify as an institutional problem. So the tweet talked about institutional problem. that that I believe that that case has an impact. Uh, the other thing I was thinking is – I, I had read, just by coincidence, maybe it was rising in the news already before this thing blew open. I saw an article in The Huffington Post saying i I have a bachelor's and I'm wake, make, working four jobs to make ends meet, and the the young woman has a like a totally miserable look on her face. <laughs> and of course, I was like, "Really, was it in computer science?" Are you – did you take a degree in uh, something that you could get a job in? She got a degree in English. So I don't don't know if that has value or not, but neither does she. And you know why she doesn't know?
1: Because she hasn't taken initiative to see how she could use it, perhaps?
0: (gasps) Well, she would be forced to figure it out. Yes. If she had to finance it herself as she went or in advance. In this way she doesn't actually know that it was a total waste and she was she was fooled into thinking it had value because she's bitter, right? So I assume she was under a misapprehension because she school subsidies do not discriminate by major. Government subsidies for school loans, private loans that are subsidized or guaranteed by the federal government uh don't discriminate by major. So if, if, if the federal government did not subsidize the entire spectrum of college degrees, a private institution would do an, a net present value analysis. They would say, is this person going to be able to pay off this $100,000 loan? What is the net present value of the career of that person for the first 10 years, which is when we want our money back? And it would have to be kind of high because you have to pay rent and all that kind of stuff. And somebody wrote back to me, well, English is important. I'm like, okay, 13 years of government-funded education before college should be enough to teach an American English.
1: Yeah. Can I say something about that? Yeah. This is a perfect example. This person got an English degree. And the framing of that article, I have a degree and I don't have a job or whatever it was, it, it, it's a framing of a limited mindset that's dependent on government and on others. Because an English major, if you, if you know what you want to do and you decide I'm going to be an English major and this is how I'm going to use the skills and knowledge, then you are learning and you are applying as you're learning. So you're not dependent on getting the degree. You're, you're building your strength your initiative. Yes,
0: Yes, I actually thought that if you were forced to analyze the NPV, you would also think of alternatives mm-hmm. and maybe do something more practical, more useful. Even maybe something building a house or whatever. If you really did the NPV of what one, two, three hundred thousand dollars of school, you could grub stake a house to flip for that, and then you would have a population of people who could do stuff. And that mm-hmm. is quite a threat to the state. Yes.
1: It's the initiative, the go get them that they, they don't want to and teach the them. And the skills. Yeah.
0: The skills. So I think that's why Ukraine has such a hard time with the Donbass or the people on the Russian side, because they're farmers and mechanics and all that stuff, and it, you're just not going to take their land from them mm-hmm. and, or intimidate them, which is how they talk. They're actually throwback masculine. But anyway, there was a book you reminded me of, which is a great book. I had a— review of it on my previous website, Albert J. Nock, Our Enemy, The State. And there was one line in that that really I had to think about. He said something like, the number one problem, the reason we will never get out of this mess of, of tyranny is for we'll never get out of it as long as people think a job is something to be given. And I just was like, what? What are you talking about? And over the years, I've just looked around and I've thought, I can go buy a potato. And then I can grow a potato. And I can eat the potato. That's my job, right? So you just start with the b- most basic subsidy. Yeah, That's when I started to realize that when you read Habitat 1 of the UN, which is kind of like the very first incarnation of uh, whatever sustainable, they say private property is fine, But not real property. (laughs) So the fruits of your labor is okay, but you can't own land because it gets concentrated in the hands at the top, which is just hilarious. It's that by uh, who if you are not allowed to own land, you know, somebody is definitely keeping you off that land. That's the top.
1: So us at the top are going to make sure it doesn't get concentrated at the top
0: (laughs) right? by holding it all. (laughs) but i realized that without land you cannot grow that potato so you're i always try to think of like what is the bottom line thing that cannot be substituted air water food even clothing i was kind of like shelters like depending on where you live i think you could probably just (laughs) i
1: mean pretty soon people are going to be like do i have to breathe for myself today where's my ai
0: oh there are oxygen bars
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh
0: yeah, baby. And then when you see like the water places that charge uh, and it's like often in Spanish you'll see a water place. I think they're they are like totally scammed into thinking you can't drink the water here. They're paying for the water. But uh but I think yes, it's just uh the the basic substitute of what you're talking about gets you to where you can be less threatened by not having access. But the more they give out free phones and require that being plugged into the matrix gets you food and take away with sustainable cities, take away your transportation, take away the land, take away seeds that will grow. I mean, look, it all, it all boils down to your basic needs and just thinking about it. Don't be brainwashed by psychology and sociology and propaganda and social engineering. Yes.
1: We fear reflection more than anything else, but it is the best thing we can do.
0: Yes. I. Uh, well, let's let's promote a little more of that, but really I want to take a call. Right after the break, we'll get to Debbie. This is Monica Perez.
2: Monica Perez. You
4: maniac! You blew it up!
2: On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB.
0: We are wrapping it up. I'm going to give... Debbie, the last word, but Binkley reminded me at the break that I should tell, even at the risk of bragging, that I dropped out of high school and I went to community college and I ended up graduating from Harvard and yeah. and more. So you can, my husband's like, that's a moonshot. You can't tell people that to inspire them. like, I think you can. Like, you can think out the bo- outside the box. Yep,
1: a million ways to achieve one goal.
0: And that goal may, you know, I don't know. Anyway, but I really want to hear from Debbie, so I'm going to give Debbie the last word. Debbie, what you got? Hi. You're on with Monica.
5: Hi, Monica. I hope that you can take this one step further regarding admissions into colleges. Like yourself, I, I am a, actually a financial advisor. But my dearest friend, who was the valedictorian of her class at Vassar, she put her through herself through school waiting tables, and she entered at 17. She now has a son who will be graduating with a 5.0 out of Naples. He's in three honor societies, plays with the junior Philharmonic in Naples, lettered in golf and tennis, and is an all-around fabulous kid. The college planner that they're speaking with said his chances of getting in to a very high-top school are slim and none. However, if he was from Guatemala and his parents earned less than X, he would be welcomed with open arms. I am hoping that this horrible thing that has just been exposed with college admissions goes a bit further and deals with merit-based versus adversity and diversity um, admissions. What are your thoughts on that?
0: That's interesting. I only have like 10 seconds left. I will say I believe that you have to check a box to get uh, to the top of the pile, and that is uh, uh, Thomas Sowell addresses that very interestingly. So I'll refer you to Thomas Sowell and his writings, and you can listen to the podcast of our weekend shows Wednesday on properport.com This is Monica Perez.